Alright, welcome guys and gals to the MMOs.com podcast. Episode 168 here. Altai, joined by... Remo. Alright. Here we are. Another episode, another week. Another day, another episode. Altai, what have you been doing this week? What's been on your your agenda? What's been on your platter? My platter has been moving apartments. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just recently got the internet back. Uh, we did stream Friday for Maple Story. I couldn't do last week's podcast. I had no internet. Uh, Canadian ISPs take a long time to uh, hook you up. How much are you paying monthly out of curiosity? The building I'm in. Oh, we got a sub. Thank you so Ten much. Canaris. Much love, fam. Zone. Misspelled zone a well. while. <laughs> uh, I'm paying, at the moment, I believe, 35 a month. But that's only because there's a one-year promotion in this building. It's a new building. That's a really good deal. Yeah, unlimited. Uh, no data cap. 300 up, 300 yeah, down. Galaxy asking the important questions. Are you Canadian now, Altai? I am not Canadian. In fact, I've been asked to vote because I guess it's an election coming up here. I'm walking next to the train station. There's always like, excuse me, have you voted yet? And they hand me a flyer. I'm like, can't vote. U.S. citizen coming through. Who compels people to do that? Like just going out there and asking other people to vote. That's interesting. Like, what drives that? The candidates that aren't going to win. There you go. <laughs> it's like these third-party candidates. are like, one guy was like... Uh, all red. You know, he's like a communist. He's like rent freeze, um, you know, m- increased wages. You know, uh, all this like communist stuff. Nice. <laughs> he's just standing out there handing out flyers. <laughs> he ain't gonna win. <laughs> anyway, I- I've been playing a bit of uh, bit of same same as two weeks ago. Actually, I've been playing quite quite a bit of Pokemon Reborn. I've been playing some Portal Two, some Final Fantasy Fourteen, and some Maple Story Two, which actually leads us to our weekly raid. Indeed, I too have been playing MapleStory 2. Uh, it's very quick leveling, maybe even faster than, uh, maybe even faster than, uh, what was I going to say? Close beta, but no, yeah, same same yeah. pacing. Is it? Yeah. I think it's the same pacing. Yeah, but I, it, it is definitely one of the fastest leveling experiences of like an MMORPG. You can you can basically get max level. You know, like if you just sit down and play all day, one day you'll get max level. I think what they did add, a, I think that I heard this somewhere where they added a story quest for 50 to 60 as well before they didn't have that part. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong about that. But yeah, it's very quick. I got to 50 basically in one day of just casual play. And I'm going to mm-hmm. get from 50 to 60 probably probably today. Probably later today. Yeah, it's it's going really quickly. It actually, uh, so a weekly raid is about, are you playing MapleStory 2? It's easily the biggest MMORPG launch of like, this, at least this last month. Probably this year, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bless was a complete shit show. And that's like not even a year old, right? Yeah. I don't think it's a year old. So oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's easily the biggest MMORPG launch of the year. And one that's been kind of highly anticipated for a long time from old MapleStory fans. And it's weird because I don't think the game will be very well received by a lot of hardcore MapleStory 1 fans because it's a drastically different game. We've talked about the core gameplay before, but it's very... Um, the, que- the, the leveling process is very much of a traditional MMORPG. And honestly, what came to mind as I played was actually um, Revelation Online, where you just go from point A to point B to point C, <laughs> just doing these nonsense quests. So a lot of the time spent in MapleStory 2 is doing very repetitive, boring questing, right? So the actual core gameplay and leveling process, I would say, in MapleStory 2 is actually pretty boring. You, you just... In fact, the people that say like questing is more fun than grinding, it is if it's done correctly. And I think that actually the leveling process in MapleStory is, is done really poorly. Because I would rather grind than do the quest in MapleStory 2. But you can't because the amount of XP you get for, for grinding is basically nothing. You, there's no practical way to level up your grinding versus quest. You have to do the quest. But like in MapleStory 1, I had fun grinding because I would always look forward to that next level and get the next job advancement. And every skill up just felt good. There was something fun about turning my brain off and just grinding, just nonstop grinding. It was fun. And it actually gave you an interesting way to like explore the world, right? So a big theme in MapleStory 2 is exploration, which I think is cool because, I mean, having themes outside of just core gameplay is fun. But that theme isn't really well explored to the player through questing because questing takes you from point A to point B all the time. It lets you explore the world. But I'm just following that arrow. There's an arrow on my screen that tells me where to go. My eyes are focused on that arrow and nothing else. I have no incentive to explore the maps I'm in. However, if I was grinding... You, when you look for new grind spots, you're always actively looking where you are, where you've been, where you're going. And you have an incentive to kind of look at the map and explore the map. Like in MapleStory 1, I could draw you like the maps in between Henesis and Alinea like from, from memory because I've played MapleStory 1 and I've grinded a lot. Like I know the maps in MapleStory 1 really well. I know the good grind spots. But in MapleStory 2, it's not I, I've, I've already played a decent amount. I'm only level 43. You're like level 50 or something already. I'll probably get max level by next week. I've, I've been playing very casually because I've been playing other stuff too. But, like, I don't know where anything is. I, I cannot tell you where Henesis is in relation to Tria. I can't tell you where Elenia is in relation to Perion. I-, I have no idea what the world map looks like if I don't click M. 
But in MapleStory 1, I did because I explored those maps on my own. And the actual individual maps themselves are actually pretty beautiful. But there's, it's, it's so hard to actually know where anything really is because you don't really become intimately familiar with the maps because you're just basically in there for a second, just do your quest, and then you leave. So that's been my problem with the MapleStory leveling experience and the grinding experience. I have a lot of positives to say about MapleStory 2 as well, but I'm curious what you think about that. I think that the fact that, like you said, the arrow always tells you where to go really disconnects you from the game world, as you, as you were talking mm-hmm. about. And I got to the point where even you know towards level 50, like before I, there's a lot of story quests with like cinematics and dialogue going on, right? Mm-hmm. And I found myself skipping that because up to that point, right, I, didn't, I have no clue how we got to where I am. Why am I defending this like princess lady? I, I didn't care mm-hmm. because I just, I never paid attention, right? I was just following the arrows, next, next, mm-hmm. next. Uh, so I felt this disconnected from the world. And I know you could just say, well, that's your fault. You, sh- you could have read it, you know? But it, it's got to be like a reward. Like if there's like a one-cut scene that's like a tempting reward for doing all this stuff, you know, then you, then you value it. But like every every quest I was handing in was like this dialogue, this useless dialogue. And it, it just trained me to kind of disconnect uh, from the world. Just follow the yellow arrows. Don't worry about anything else. And it was going mm-hmm. so quick. Like, I mean, levels were so quick. I really felt like level 40 to 50 was faster than like 20 to 30. Uh, maybe people can correct me on that. But I felt like I was turning in like one talk quest. Like I would talk to an NPC, then I would talk to the guy next to him, and I would get 20% experience from like 40 in my 40s. Like that's insane. Like I, it was really quick. Like I, I guess maybe in a way I was having fun so I didn't notice, but I think it was just too quick. Like I was looking yeah. at the clock, I was looking at my experience, I was like, whoa, I, I just got, a, I, I, I got another level? Like what I do? I didn't do anything. I feel like it, it, the questing would have just been better done if, like, there were like there were occasional kill quests, right, during the the grinding, the leveling process, right, where you would like go and kill like five enemies, right. I just wish they made those kill quests like more. Instead of killing five enemies, maybe kill two hundred enemies. They die really quick anyway, right? But, like, let me explore the map and kill enemies in that map, right? Don't just tell me to kill five enemies and then go to the next map and do the same thing again. I think the game could have benefited a lot from the slowing down because, like, the way it actually it like slowing down how quickly you're running around the map. So I, I was speed questing last night, and I'm just I'm just turning in quest after quest after quest after yeah. quest, and I'm constantly going to new places. At no point is my character stopping to kill some enemies in this one zone and exploring this zone. It it's going way too quick that way. So, right. Yeah. yeah. I spent maybe like an I I spent like ten minutes in Perion, uh, mm-hmm. whereas in Maple Story One I spent you know you spent days in each of the, in each of the zones. Yeah. Uh, there was one interesting part in you know, a quest dialogue I did like. I when you mm-hmm. when you first visit Perion, the the chieftain or whatever assigns you the role of like finding what finding out what's going wrong right like go out mm-hmm. explore and the this, this big buff npc guy who's like one of the parion tribe members he's like no you should have picked me i'm the strongest i should go i'm, I'm mad and he walks he has oh. and then you know, your character like turns around to help him or something and the chief's like no he needs to find out on his own that he's the one holding himself back i was like oh that's deep <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. I thought you getting some takeaways from Maple Story. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 some, that was some a... words of wisdom from uh, the chief of Perion. A wise woman. Wise chief woman. Of, yeah. Wow, woman is chief of Perion. Maple Story yeah. Two, progressive game. All right. Indeed, old lady. Now, now let's talk a little about the positives because I do like Maple Story Two, and I think uh, they're doing a lot right. So we've talked a lot about the the, the player created stuff in the game. I actually find myself hanging out in Maple Story and just listening to music and and listening to my friends compose their own music in the game. So my friends would basically be importing Final Fantasy XIV music into the game, along with like Pokemon music, Metal Gear Solid music, and, and it was really cool to see the music come to life in the game through the game's uh, recording system, and you know it's it's a musical instrument playing system, and it's actually really well done. In fact, the audio quality is so good for that too. So basically, you can import any song that you can just download, like uh, the convert. I think you have to convert like MIDI format or something, and from there you can import to the game. You can play with the pitches before you make it uh, you know, import to the game too. So you can basically bring any music you want to the game. So it's really cool to just hear familiar tunes while running around the world or just hanging out with your friends. So we were basically all in um, my friend Boone's house, and we just listened to random music that people kept. You know, we were trying to guess what song he was trying to play. So it, that was a lot of fun, and that was really outside the core gameplay element. There was also like a lot of a lot of people's own player homes have like their own jumping puzzles inside of them. People make like puzzles in their house for players to jump through, and it's really cool. With, like floating furniture and op- obstacles and stuff, and all that stuff. I think is awesome. Like they're doing all this stuff outside of core gameplay. Which is awesome. I mean, I, my favorite mini game by far right now is, is Maple OX Quiz. I think it's a lot of fun with the, with the true and false questions. So basically, you get basically true and false questions. Like 100 people in a room. There's a platform for true and a platform for false. And if, if the answer to the question is true, you stand on the, 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 the true side. If it's false, you stand on the false side. And if the wrong one gets like a trap door, the bottom opens, everybody falls down. It looks really cool. And the questions they ask are actually like really hard sometimes. So that's always really fun to play. I, I just love seeing a ton of people fall down in that one. And I've actually learned a lot of fun facts through uh, Maple OX Quiz. 
I did too. I learned that skunks are not in the weasel family. I got that one wrong. And, and it's they ask you the question really fast, so you don't have a lot of time to Google it either. So it, it's pretty like legit. You know, they give you like no time to Google. You got and, and sometimes you just try bandwagoning, right? You try yeah. bandwagoning the strat with somebody else. And the thing is, sometimes ninety nine percent of players are wrong, and that one player who's staying on the other side is right. People don't know. People just bandwagon most of the time. It's pretty crazy. I took a screenshot of one of the questions I had earlier, and it's like it's remarkable how like specific and odd these questions are sometimes. Uh, Lazimi says he liked the Ludum Escape. That one's a lot of fun too. That one's actually all skill based too. So there's a lot of there's a lot of games that are basically all luck, but there's skill based ones as well, like Crazy Runners and Ludi Escape. So I would love to see Maple Story too add more of that stuff. One thing I'm kind of confused about though is the game is built in single player um, like mini games too with the scores the high score system, but there's only two available, and, and the rest are unavailable. I'm not trying to make them available just yet, but like I would like to see more of them in the game. Because the two I played were pretty fun, but like I want more to compete with. Oh yeah, okay. I, I haven't actually done much of the like social stuff like you have. Mm -hmm. I did I do the mini games when they come up. Um, but I, I haven't done the life skills yet either. I know you get experience for all that stuff as well. All right, I'm gonna ask the chat and Altai a, a, a quiz. All right, Altai, I link you the screenshot from my Maple OX quiz on question number ten. I actually got this one right out of pure RNG. All right, do you think you can beat this question? Do you think? People in the chat know the answer to this question. True and true or false? Easy, right? Come on. Let me zoom into this. Okay, W Somerset Malcolm's Moon and Sixpence is a novel based on the post-impressionist painter <laughs> Paul Gauguin. Wow. Very specific, right? Nobody knows the answer to this. Everyone just literally guessed. It was 50-50 split on both sides. Zimi is 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 quickly saying true. Sephron says false. Moon and what do you think, Altai? Where do you, where do you stand on this? I'll go. I'll go true. It seems well, too specific to, to be false. It actually is true. All right, I guess true. And I got this one right. This is the first time I actually got all ten questions right on Maple OX quiz. So it was pretty fun. Yeah, it, it's too specific to be false. Like, why would they try? No, no, they they do stuff like that all the time. Uh, they they they've asked very specific questions like this with like music, and I thought it was true once, and boom, it was false. Rip Sephron false. Easiest quiz of my life for Zimi. But yeah, I, I really liked all the social stuff they're doing in the game. And I'm actually really surprised to see how many people are actually playing MapleStory 2. A lot of my, you know, free company, my guild members of Final Fantasy 14 are playing MapleStory 2. I mean, these guys are pretty much hardcore Final Fantasy 14 players. You know, they've been basically playing no other MMO by Final Fantasy 14. And a lot of them are playing MapleStory 2. Now, the question is, how long will they be staying? Yes. Because the end game seems to be very, um, very empty for the time being. The, okay, so there's a double-edged sword here. I think, one, they're taking the very common MRPG trope these days of basically rushing you through the leveling to get you to the end game which is where the game mm -hmm. begins right yeah um, so it's, it's very rewarding in, t in terms of how fast your progression is for the first mm -hmm. couple days you play but I, how, how many people are going to stick around when that when that um that dangling progression stops right because it's so it's you know to this day level even though leveling is kind of you know pointless in this game you can get there in one day max level that's still the easiest form of measuring your progress right levels yeah so when that's gone how are people going to react? How many are you going to stick around? Are people going to make alts? I think so. Even, even if you make like five alts, I feel like it's still um, a very quick process, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so, as you can see here, we got 30, right now, 31,000 people playing. Uh, mm -hmm. The peak for the day is 37,000. Uh, and this is just on Steam. So I think at least that many players off Steam as yes, well, if yes, not more. Yes, yeah. I play off Steam. What about you all play? I play off Steam, yes. So mm -hmm. our, we are not in these numbers. Mm -hmm. So one thing that they did, they did, I think, is really cool, is a way of progression beyond levels, though. So the way you, you can actually earn skill points as well as attribute points by doing non-leveling stuff. So when you get trophies, trophies can actually unlock additional skill points. So you have an incentive to do stuff outside of grinding. And not just that. Every map has their own exploration goals as well, right? There's stars in the maps, as Zim was mentioning in the chat. And as you complete those, you can be awarded with stat points or skill points as well. So you can actually, like, it's really smart, I think, for them to actually position themselves to reward players for doing stuff outside of the core leveling experience. I think for the most, for, for, you know, for most MMORPGs, they have stuff like that, but it's usually for stuff like cosmetics. It's for stuff like mounts. But MapleStory is actually rewarding with gameplay-altering stuff by doing stuff outside of core grinding, outside of core gameplay, which I think is awesome. Because I think you do need a lot of that stuff. I mean, from my experience, the people that are the most loyal to an MMORPG, people that play the most of an MMORPG, really aren't people like you and me, Altai. Because we'll switch MMORPGs when we kind of get tired of it, right? Even with Final Fantasy XIV, I've played a lot, right? But like after I complete all the raids, 
you know, I'm 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 best in slot for everything. I've already reached all my parses. I've done like I've done all the raids so many times. I'm gonna stop. I'm generally gonna stop playing. I'm gonna take a break from a game and do, do something else until a new patch comes out, right? But there are people, the people that are most loyal to an MMORPG, I think, are the are the are the mid core players who want to achieve everything in the game. They want to unlock everything. The people that are pursuing all the pets, all the minions, all the mounts, all the cosmetics, all the rare drops, all the weird achievements. And there's someone, there's such a person in my free company guild, for example, and she plays the game probably more than like. Way more than me, but she doesn't raid. But she, but, but she spends so much more time in the game because she's pursuing all the crafting. There's, there's, there's just a never-ending trove of mounts to go after, right? Or, or even like triple triad cards to, to get. You know, my buddy Canaris, for example, he's been playing Final Fantasy XIV. He's he doesn't raid hardcore, but he's trying to get all the triple triad cards in the game. And you have to run a dungeon. At the end of the dungeon, there's a ten percent chance the boss will drop a card. And running the dungeon takes twenty minutes, right? So he he ran one dungeon twenty times and he still didn't get that card. So he's still running that one dungeon over and over again. Those are the, the the game needs to have stuff outside of core gameplay for all the collectors. MMORPGs, people love collecting shit and showing off cosmetics in MMORPGs. And that has to keep players hooked. Not the gameplay, not the raids. It's good to have that stuff in the game as well. And that's why I think MapleStory is really interesting. They're doing so much outside of core gameplay, which is cool, right? But they should still do more. They should have more mini games. I'm actually kind of I'm, I'm kind of sad there aren't more there aren't more games like MapleOX Quiz, like Crazy Runners. Like, why not? This is not a small indie company. Nexon is like a, is a, is a five, six billion dollar company. Why can't they add like ten more mini games like MapleOX Quiz? These are essentially Mario Party esque flash games, right? These aren't like, you know, you don't need some, some genius to design these games. Just put a whole bunch more in the game because they're awesome. Add more single player ones as well, and add maybe four player ones. Like, just look at Mario Party for example. Just copy all the Mario Party games and have play with four people in your party at a time. If they do stuff like that, I think Maple Story Two could be amazing. Yeah, I think I think. I do want to get to max level and do some dungeons before I go back and do all like the each. Mm-hmm. I know in Maple Star, each zone has like certain uh, uh, yeah things to accomplish. Right? Quests and stars. Yeah. So I wanted I I gotta take a good look at that before I make my final determination. But from where I'm standing, I, th- I don't think they have enough of that stuff either. I think they're gonna be surprised by how quickly people chomp through all this stuff. Like whether it's achievements mm-hmm. for skill points, the exploration, fishing, life skills, uh, housing. I think people are gonna. We're like locusts, all right? Like we jump into a game, we just devour the content much quicker than the uh, devs. The developers can... attack. Exactly, exactly. And I just hope they can. One of the good things about the older MRPGs, like even Maple Story One, for example, was the the, the grinding required kind of gave them a lifeline to create new content because it would take so long, right, to to grind to a high level that the developers had had months, maybe years, to design new content for the the bulk of the players, right? As they mm-hmm. progress levels, but Maple Story Two, I feel like you know there are there's a core of like at least a hundred thousand players, right, who are gonna play this game like religiously, for, especially the first month of release. And when they get yeah. when they're done with everything, they're gonna be the ones you know on forums whining about more stuff to do. I think, mm-hmm. and I hope next I can keep up. I think uh, Chaos mentioned a good point too, and this is why uh, Warframe is very successful. The entire game is basically designed for collectors, and you're mm-hmm. constantly looking for uh, rare med materials in the game to craft all the Warframes, right? So it really appeals to people that, and it keeps players in the game longer because there's always stuff to, to farm. And I know Chaos complained to me earlier, like the newest uh, thing to add to the game requires like a thousand of these rare materials or something, right? So it's keep players hooked for a long time in between releasing new content. And I do think that's why if you rely on pure gameplay content, right, you could have a hard time. You know, players will complete all that shit very quickly. And it's going to be very difficult for developers to kind of fill in the gap quicker. And that's why they need stuff like all the social stuff in the game to keep players, you know, interested in the game longer. Just imagine, like, like right now, you, you can actually play all the minigames, like the MapleOX quiz, Crazy Runners, all the minigames Maple Story 2. You can play them locally as well if you want, right? So you can basically drop a portal and all your friends can go in and you, you can play with just them or open it to whoever's in the area, which is really cool. And why can't you do stuff like that with, like, just four-player minigames or, like, Mario Party-esque minigames. Like, have stuff like that to do to keep players busy because I think the most successful MMORPG is going to have... is going to focus on stuff like that on top of the, the gameplay itself. Because if you add stuff like that, it keeps players hooked longer than just doing the gameplay. Just being on the dungeons, game max level, is not difficult. Anyone can do it in time. And you need to just... You just need to have stuff to do to collect, to, to you know, to do social stuff with your friends, play minigames. That's what that's what will keep people hooked to the game, I think. And that's what Maple Story 2 Special Sauce is. That's what makes the game different. Because the core gameplay is really nothing amazing. And it's very hard for any MMORPG to compete with World of Warcraft or any existing MMORPG on the core gameplay front. WoW has like 12 years worth of like it's been uh, 14 years worth of like raids and dungeons and collectibles. You have to do something different. You can't just 
MapleStory 2 cannot compete on gameplay. It, it can't. There's no way. MapleStory 2 can't compete with MapleStory 1 on gameplay. The only thing that makes MapleStory 2 special is all the player-made items, the player cosmetics, the minigames. That's what makes it special. They got to double down on that, I think, before they really worry about anything else. Right, okay. But now, here's a, here's a question I'll pose to you. Do you think the fact that they put so little emphasis in terms of time investment and whatnot into the main storyline, do you, I know we discussed this before, but do you think that will be a problem for new players? What I mean by new players is not MapleStory 2 new players, just genre new players. Like, when, when you or me or anyone in this chat, we, when we put up MS2 for the first time, we kind of get a feel immediately of what kind of game it is, right? Okay, we, yeah. oh, we got to do this quest. Okay, we got to do the next one. Mm-hmm. We ignore the blue exclamation points and just do the mm-hmm. yellow ones, right? We know this. Yeah. But I think a lot of newcomers to the genre, right? And, mm-hmm. and this game is, is on Steam, so I think a lot of people are going to see it who are probably younger gamers now who don't know MS1, right? Yeah. Don't know much about MRPGs. When they click into it, will they know... Will they be able to discover all this other stuff? Or will they just do the storyline quest until they get bored and, and quit? I think a lot of them will. Because as you play the game, you kind of bump into a lot of the cool stuff. The mini games you bump into on your own. And you start hearing music in the game, and they'll get you interested in it, I think. Just seeing other people play music. And if you hear, like, Pokemon music, and you like Pokemon, you're like, holy shit, that's awesome. You know, you hear, like, Final Fantasy music, you get pretty hyped for it, too. So I think a lot of it will kind of... It does induce itself to kind of figuring it out on your own, too. So I, I don't think it'll be a problem on that front too much. The game has been doing pretty well on Steam. It, it has mostly positive reviews right now, so it seems to be doing okay. But I do think the biggest problem is that people are going to reach level 50, and a lot of them are just going to quit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like the, once they, okay, They're going to they're be on this chain to level mm-hmm. 60, and they're going to get there, and they won't know what to do next exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know. I, I wonder how that's going to go. Yeah, I think we've said it before. I think I think the key to a successful MRPG is to be a, a place to hang out rather than just a place to do things. You know, this I don't know. Like, chat has always been kind of like the biggest like success when it comes to the internet, right? The most successful tools on the internet, the most successful apps and websites have always been to connect people together through chat and communication. And I think MRPGs, one of the big reasons MRPGs are so successful is for that reason as well. You know, people hang out in World of Warcraft just to, like talk to each other. People hang out in Final Fantasy to talk to each other. I mean, MRPGs have always been a really cool like social slash gameplay environment and maple story 2 is emphasizing the social i think more than a lot of other games have but they're not doing it enough i think they still need more mini games they need more music there's more stuff to do outside of gameplay as well they, they have a good start but i'm surprised at why they they can't just churn more out like it just seems like they have the engine already they have the game already why what's stopping them from tomorrow adding 10 new mini games to the game like what's the barrier there like, why is there only like seven mini games well i think I, I don't one understand. of the issues is and I could be wrong about this, but my guess is Nexon America is not doing the developing. It's Nexon Korea, right? Mm-hmm. So we're yeah. kind of, you know, stuck. We're kind of um, held hostage to their development cycle and how much they decide to emphasize this game mm-hmm. versus, you know, versus other games. Do you know my biggest complaint on MapleStory 2 is, Altai? The biggest unforgivable complaint. Let me see if we can find it, all right? They changed the name of the horny mushroom. It is no longer a horny mushroom. What is it and now? Anyone, anyone that follows me on Discord will, will know that I have a, I have a, my, my icon, my avatar on Discord for at least a year and a half, two years has been a horny mushroom from MapleStory 1. I linked it to you all that. It's called a blue horned mushroom. Horned mushroom, not Why horny. would they do that? It was, an, it was such an iconic thing. It was, it was the horny mushroom. Now it's horned mushroom. It's not nearly as funny or cool anymore. Oh, man. They, they've ruined an otherwise great NPC name, all right? feels bad okay this is kind of a small point but it's still worth mentioning so i'm level 40 so i clearly kill these things right already mm-hmm. i don't remember yeah i don't either but it's I, I don't remember what i've killed i still remember maple story one killing these all day because yeah you had to interact with each environment and each monster mm-hmm. for, a, for a decent clip of time whereas in ms2 i, I was just zipping through that content you know so mm-hmm. quickly that it it didn't phase me my, also your brain learns to stop registering things because you're moving so fast like, I was in Perion. 20 minutes later, I'm gone. I'm out of Perion. So my mm-hmm. brain learned, okay, don't, like, register any of this stuff because it's all going to be gone. That's yeah, That's I don't remember killing these either. But in MapleStar, you remember killing the slimes. You remember killing the evil eyes. You remember killing the the horny mushrooms. You remember killing the green cat mushrooms. You remember killing the, the zombie mushrooms in Sleepywood, right? You, you remember every enemy because you spent literally hours killing them, too. Yep. Here, I, I don't remember anything I've killed, really. It's, it's always a blur. Like the enemies I have to kill, I just have the icon over their head for me to kill them, and that's it. You know, I don't remember. I don't remember them at all. Okay, and to be fair, I don't think I'm not calling for a return to MapleStory One era yeah. grind, right? 
but there has to be mm-hmm. something in the, in the middle where it's not so quick that I don't even register the, the locations of the monsters versus, you know, MapleStory where you're, you're grinding the same mob for like a week or two. There's got to mm-hmm. be a middle ground. But still, I, I like what MapleStory 2 is doing. I'm hopeful that they're going to be, you know, adding more content to the game. And I'm optimistic on it too. And I'm, I'm actually really glad to see the, the player base numbers on Steam as high as they are. You know, for yep. you know, a game that didn't do well in South Korea initially, it's easy doing okay in China. And it's, it's doing enough different stuff. I, mean, I love seeing memes in the game. People literally put memes on the walls. And the way it works is actually everyone, you know, there's, there's uh, red merits and blue merits. You get red merits for free in game by doing events or just, in, I have like 600 red merits. I got from just leveling up, I think. And it takes like 30 red merits to like put a poster on the wall. But whatever poster you want, so you see a lot of random like Trump memes. You see Pepe memes everywhere. People actually sell, you know, their 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 player crafted items as well, designed items. So it is really cool to see that stuff. I mean, I, I saw a shirt with Bouzette on it, you know, and Bowsette. It is it is really cool to see like stuff from IRL, Twitter, all these other memes outside of the game making its way into MapleStory too. And that I hope hopefully carries the game. I think. Well, while we're on the subject of Nexon. Uh, while MapleStory 2 is doing well, another one mm-hmm. of their games apparently is not doing so well. Uh, Which one? Uh, Hyper Universe. There is so. no surprise. They thought they could compete with in the MOBA genre with Hyper Universe. Nope. Yeah, yeah. And it's well, it's not dead quite yet, but it is going to be dead in Korea, which is their home market and obviously where the developers are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's shutting down there next month, which means... I, I, I got to think it's going to follow here very quickly. You Definitely. Know? It has like 30 players online. This game has no chance. 26 players online on average on Steam. This game is a flop. After I played it during, during beta, I thought I wrote it off after I played it in beta. I wasn't confident on this one at all. The thing is, like, people always say, oh, it wasn't bad. Yeah, I agree. Like, it, it was functional, right? But you can't make a MOBA and be functional. You have to be a god-tier game to have any chance to compete with League, Dota, or Hots, or Smite at this point, right? The, the MOBA genre is littered with dead games. Remember, remember, uh, Infinity Crisis? Probably yep. not, but it was a DC, like it was a DC uh, comics-based MOBA. I mean, it was decent. It worked, but it doesn't matter. You can't compete with League and Dota by being decent. You have to be a god-tier game. Just being okay isn't going to cut it. And gigantic. Oh my god, there are so many dead MOBAs out there. Here, how are developers not getting the, like the the signal? Don't make more MOBAs. You're not going to compete with League and Dota. You, you just can't. Unless you make some god-tier game, don't even bother trying because you can't beat them. I'm shocked by how few rip-off battle royales we have so far because it's me seems, too I, yes yeah it seems like a turnkey thing like it's so easy to turn them out compared to mobas mm-hmm. it is yeah it seems way easier to make a an fps game too than a moba overdose 24 thank you for that tier one sub much love you know what's what it also took me by surprise somebody left a comment on my news article saying well this one died off because the developers permanently invoked the wrath of its own player base by cowing the western sjw demands of censorship oh. even if it's just a bit that is the biggest nonsense I've ever heard. Yes, the, the, the self-censorship was stupid, right? But it was not the reason the game died. I mean, most people didn't even follow that or even care about that, that like, story. So what they did was make one of the characters' titties, like, a little more covered up, okay? That was it. Like, yes, you, you see a little bit less titty, and that was it. Yes, I want to see more titty in my games, personally. But I think a lot of Western gamers who aren't particularly into anime, when they look at a game with just, like, titties bouncing everywhere... It's kind of like a weird turnoff because like they don't want to associate that with their gaming. That's a, that's their fat time, right? They want to they don't put that in their game time. So I think actually the self censorship actually for some players is a positive, especially your non core audience and your non core audience. Like the, the average gamer is probably your bigger market than the hardcore, you know, hyper universe fan. So you have to appeal to more people. So I think that self censorship didn't kill the game. I thought it was stupid, but it didn't kill the game. I think what killed the game was just it, it was nothing special. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, this was a game that we both tried in beta, and we, you know, it was a frustrating experience. Thank start. you, Eugene, for that tier one sub. SJWs. Actually, I have an SJW story. That's here, Alpha. That's here. That's your. I wasn't going to bring it up, uh, but you know what? SJWs came up, so now I gotta. All right, let's hear it, Alpha. Let's hear the SJW story. So, are you familiar with something called Lovecraft? Lovecraftian. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it. Okay. So it's basically this writer who apparently, back in the day, he was racist, right? But who wasn't racist back then, you know? Just... In the good old days, everyone was yeah, racist. If you weren't racist, you just weren't, you weren't, you weren't a man back in the day, right? <laughs> if you weren't racist, it was, in the, it was something in the water, okay? Yeah, you, you just have to be racist That's what the, the fluoride did. It killed the racist part of our brains, all right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway. So point, okay, so this writer on uh, Eurogamer wrote this piece that got a lot of hate on the internet hate sites, you know, that I like to frequent. <laughs> Basically, they're arguing that 
HP Lovecraft, exactly. They're arguing that gamers need to stop. Games need to stop using this these themes, right? Whether theme. the tentacle monster, you know, the evil cultist, you know, stuff. Because mm-hmm. the man who wrote that canon, right, initially, that mythos they call it, I think, he was racist, and therefore his work cannot be used today. That logic makes no sense. I agree. I mean, if that logic was to hold, we can't have like the U.S. former government, right? The Romans were racist. They had slaves. Hold on. So, so hypothetically, if the if, if the guy who invented like who the the polio vaccine was racist, right? Got an idea. Oh, use the polio vaccine anymore? That's I, a I that's a it. good parody article. I bet you could send it in and get it published somewhere. <laughs> this is such nonsense. I mean, okay, you don't have to endorse the guy as being a you know a chill dude or a cool dude, but like it's so stupid and painfully stupid to just read this headline and read the paragraph that you're showing on stream right now. It, it makes no. There's there, you know you can disconnect an author from their work and their themes, right? And, and people using the tentacle monster and stuff in games today, I mean, it, it's become so much of, like, the culture now that I'm sure some of the authors, some of the designers who put that in their games don't even realize it's Lovecraftian. Like, I don't get it. And, and it seems no reason to, like, dislike something because the guy who made it forever ago was racist. <laughs> I know. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, don't show this boy the history of medicine. Cthulhu eats SJWs. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really weird. I don't know. This, this, this kind of... It's just nonsense. I I really can't intellectually entertain what this person is trying to say because it's so such nonsensical. It deserves all the internet hate it got. But to be fair, actually, after reading this article, I have actually never Mm -hmm. read an H.P. Lovecraft uh, uh, thing before, right? Mm -hmm. I assumed they were like long books, so I never like I was interested too interested. But then I read about uh, H.P. Lovecraft after this, and apparently his, his stories were short stories. So mm-hmm. I, was at a, I was at a coffee shop, and I literally on my phone sat there for like 30 minutes and read one of the sh- stories, start to finish. So because of this, SJW trying to ban it, I have now read it for the first time. So Now you, Altai, are a racist as well, okay? You read a racist <laughs> work, you become racist, all right? It's like uh, it spreads, you know? I, I, but I felt like, isn't it funny? I felt like I had to read it to support him, even though he's dead. Uh, just like because, it, just because it's A SJW. jab at this random person, you exactly, know? Exactly, exactly. I like it. It was good. I recommend reading it. I'll link it to you after. Uh... Light bulb filaments are not racist because Edison was super racist. All right, there you go. Mm-hmm. All right, you, you know, you, I think in the pregame we were talking about really stupid decisions and like how 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 developers can make just really like objectively bad decisions, right? Because I think we we're talking about Crunchyroll and their lack of support for HTML5. I have a, I find that there's a newly launched uh, game which I think made the one of the most unbelievably stupid decisions ever. So Magic the Gathering Arena Altai it launched I think uh, like earlier this month in October, right? Okay. Pretty hype game, Magic the Gathering. We both grew up playing it a lot, and I was actually really looking forward to playing with a few friends, right? So, you know, yeah. two of my friends on Discord downloaded Magic the Gathering Arena. I downloaded the game, we launched it, we installed it. Fuck yeah, I'm about to play Magic the Gathering, my favorite card game with some friends. Launched the game. It's open beta, right? It's, it's an open beta, which is basically full launch these days, right? And guess what, Altai? There's no, there, there, there is no friends list in the game, and it's, you, can, you can't challenge anyone. You can only play, you can only queue up with random people. There's no friends list or way to play a private like private match. Yep, nope, you can only queue up against random people. Nice. Have you heard of anything so unbelievably stupid? Well, to be honest, I have long given up on a online magic version. Because I've seen them fail time and time again. Wizards of the Coast or mm-hmm. Hasbro, whoever's, whoever's doing this. There's been so many online magic <clears throat> official games, and they've all sucked ass. So well, no, the, the, the game runs fine and actually runs smoother because I, I play one tutorial match. Like the actual mechanics of the game work really well. And it's actually probably the best Magic the Gathering like online experience you can have, right? But oh, yeah? wow. how can they be so dumb? How can you be so unbelievably like brain dead? Like playing against friends? Like, have you never played an online video game before? Playing against your friends is the primary reason to download these games. You know, yes, the queues are nice too, but the first thing I wanted to do was Using pre-made deck and playing against two of my friends, and you know we haven't played matching in a long time. And when we couldn't, guess what? We both just closed the game out. We haven't quite uninstalled it just yet, but like I, I haven't played Magic the Gathering Arena since I, I downloaded and, play- and launched it to see if I can play against a friend. I can't. It just it is mind blowing to me that a game launched in 2018 doesn't have a friends list. How incompetent you have to be. Well, don't you remember when you played Magic as a kid? Instead of playing with your friends, you would just uh, go to a store and then they put a random person in the seat in front of you. You play him. And they put another random person. That's, that's, yeah, that's yeah, how, of course. That's how it was, yeah. right? You remember that, right? Yeah, they're, trying, they're trying to go back to the classics, you know? The nostalgic, the way these games started, of course. <laughs> I, I, I just don't see. It, it hurts me. That, who? I, I, somebody deserves to be fired over this, I'm telling you. This is such nonsense that, like, how do you launch a card game with no way to play against friends? 
it is it is unfathomably stupid to me, and I've I've lost all faith in the decision making process in the development process that they they couldn't launch with a friends list or ability to play against friends. It it makes no sense. Indeed, but I'm actually surprised uh, and and happy to hear that the game itself, besides that problem, actually does function and play smoothly. Yeah, so far it works really well. Because yeah. Magic Gathering is a much more complex card game than Hearthstone. Because every time oh, yeah. you, you play cards on opponents' turns, and they can respond to you playing a card, or respond to you playing a card by tapping other cards. So there's a lot more complexity involved in the game. And for the most part, they've done a pretty good job of making that complexity not slow the game down too much. And I've, you know, it, it looks fun, it just, they really fucked up with the, they really fucked up by not having a friends list. And I'm not going to play the game until they add one. I'm, I, and I know someone said in chat that they are working on one, so hopefully it'll be soon. How can you be working on one? This is like this should be available from the get go. I, I, this isn't something you work on. This I is agree. something you just have. I agree. Like, <laughs> like, like Battle.net, from, from when it went on StarCraft 1, had a friends list, all right? WarCraft 3 had a friends list. Like every game like this has a friends list. How do you, how do you just not have one? How, how, how does it go from like, how do you like release this game and not be too embarrassed? I would be too embarrassed to release this game without a friends list. Or ability to play against friends, like you just can't release a game without that that function, and they did. They have no they have no shame. They have no shame. Okay, slightly related to this friendless topic. So, I haven't played WoW since vanilla, right? I started playing with Battle for Azeroth, and you know mm -hmm. uh, I ran a few like you know random raids with you know pugs, and people would you know, people would add me saying, okay, you know, yeah. if it gets into this next week, add me. And I would add them, and they would be on my Battle.net list, right? Yeah. Because it, it's integrated, but un, that, that that was unsettling for me for some reason. I always, you know, I'm all for socializing in games, but part of me liked the fact that in the old days, you know, when I was growing up, your online personas were totally separate from you as a person, right? Mm -hmm. So in WoW, my character, right, had a persona and a friend, and a, had her is yeah, her yeah, your, list. your character's persona was a big titty white girl who was trying to get all the free gold from the hunky well, men, right? Well, even like a aim, like Lord, uh, one of my usernames in aim was like Lord and Master one two zero, right? One two zero. But that you know, no one knew my except the people I told you know, but no one knew my name. They knew me as Lord yeah. and Master or like Lord or whatever. And in each game, I was you know the character name. I wasn't like I wasn't me. But now yeah. we're, we're gonna lose that. Like I really think, and this just seeing people. And added me in in game, seeing him on my friend about overall battle.net friends list. It was a weird it was and also I think it has like a real name system now, Battle.net, right? So yeah. kinda so it was it was just unsettling. I, I think it's I think cyberspace is gonna die. I think we're not gonna have the internet and real life aren't gonna be separate. And it's, that's good for like, you know, anti fraud, it's good for like, you know, like harass you know, stopping harassment, whatever. But I think it's we're gonna lose something. We're gonna lose all our creativity, I think. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. it's yeah, it's some people still try to claim hold on to that anonymity by having uh, like, I've seen Twitter accounts, for example, with people's like Final Fantasy fourteen characters and no mention of their real name or anything like that. So people still have that to a degree, and I think it's still like in your control to not reveal anything. But like things are so you know, integrated, right? You can't have like a separate Discord or a separate Twitter account for Final Fantasy and World of Warcraft. Every game you play, you know, everyone just has one Twitter account, one Discord account. Everything gets kind of intermingled nowadays. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, you're right. You can still opt out, but the default now is more and more transparency. Yeah. And I think that's the way it's going to go. Indeed. I kind of want to tie something into uh, incompetency because I think Chaos linked me a remarkable clip about incompetency and nonsense at Riot Games, Altai. Your favorite okay. your favorite company. You should be hyped for this one, all right? So this is, um, let me look at to you and you can show it on stream. Uh, it's, it's a short clip so you can put the audio on. Okay. Uh, the clip is from um, Insight into Riot Gaming in the past from the ex-CEO of CLG. So. Wow. All right, let me he, audio it's, it's, it's interesting how incompetent the people are right, aren't they? Well, well we have these land we have these land cafes that we build in Riot within the <laughs> within the company. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, and then rioters play with other rioters. They play League of Legends on land after work or during work. Because at Riot Games, you never have to be caught working. Um, you, I walk through Riot Games and it's this open workspace and there's people playing Diablo 3, there's people grinding, there's like very little actual work going on um, because they claim to be results based but nobody actually tracks the KPIs. Anyway, so <laughs> she, I, I said, okay, so there's land cafes. She goes, yeah, there's land cafes. And I said, okay, um, then, then, then what is it you do? And she goes, well, um, because we have 4,000 employees, I introduce teams to other teams at Riot and then they play League of Legends against each other to increase workplace co-efficiency. Uh, co and I'm like, do you do anything else? And she's like, no, that, that's my job. It's full-time. And I was like, 
Holy shit, dude. Well, wow. we have these land. So they have so many people at League of Legends, right, at Riot Games, that there are full-time staff positions whose only role it is is to have different teams within Riot uh, connect and play matches against each other. Wow. That's remarkable. That tells you like nothing gets done at Riot Games. And and what's funny is he mentioned that they, they don't track um, individual KPIs or ways to you know uh, measure productivity if, they, if people actually get shit done, right? So apparently the whole reason behind the getting the teams to play a league against each other and encouraging like fun at work is to boost productivity, right? But no one's measuring how much work is actually getting done, which is one of the reasons why you know it took Riot Games probably like five years, six years to make a replay system, you know? And it just it's, it's pretty embarrassing that like it took them that long to do it. And in fact. It, it kind of goes back and explains a lot of the, the slow development process at Riot Games. I mean, do, I think you remember Season 2, Altai, uh, for their Le League of Legends World Championship. They basically had... Uh, they had, League had no land client, right? So they were all playing on the, on the, on the official PvP.net servers, right? For, for, uh, for, 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 for League of Legends. And in that, in that one tournament, I remember one single game literally DC'd like three times. It, it, it had to be remade three times. I remember. And what's amazing is leading up to that, Riot Games kept saying... We can't do it. We can't do a land client there. It, it just wouldn't work with our system, right? It's impossible. And literally after, like, it was a complete shit show and a public embarrassment, like, next week, they got a land client. What do you know? It was possible, and they were just being competent. They had it only, they had, it, it, just, it just took a little bit of push by embarrassing themselves before they actually had it done. And clearly, if no one's measuring results at the Riot Games workplace, shit's not going to get done. Yeah. I, I've said it before in the past weeks. Tencent, if you're listening... It's time to move uh, league development to China, okay? The SJWs have uh, infiltrated. It's too late. Pull out. Don't wait. Go, go, go. Yeah. I, I think they moved development to China. I think a lot more shit would just get done. I think There's so. actually, like, gameplay that's, features and That's stuff. their main market anyway. To, uh, that's where the money's yeah. coming from. So I don't, I don't see why they don't, they don't, they don't do that. They have, like, they have 4,000 employees. That is insane. They have thousands of employees working at Riot Games for, for one game. And apparently they're all just sitting there playing league against each other. And Diablo. And, and Diablo, apparently, and grinding at work. No, no, nothing gets done over there. We're just playing video so, games. So, like, you know, like an average workplace. <laughs> so, and, and in between games, of course, is the, is, the, is the manager who walks over and farts in your face, remember? Oh, yeah. All of the nonsense that happens there. I don't know. It's, it's Riot Games, the shit show. And, I mean, they, they reported um 21% decline in, in revenues this last year. So, it's I think it's a big decline. They lost 20% of their of revenues, arguably probably 20% of their players as well. Because uh, mostly probably due to Fortnite and the success of other games, and and the game's you know stagnation. So it's the game's not doing well right now. I mean, twenty percent decline is nothing to snuff at. I mean, it's still it's probably still the the second or third biggest PC game in the world, but they've definitely lost uh, a bit of their momentum. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish there was a a more recent breakdown of the player base for League by region. I know yeah. did some research, but you couldn't find any definitive. No, numbers. nothing official. The, basically, players compare like uh, op.gg, like active stats, to like the Chinese websites. And China is such a big percent of the game's player base already that I think it does make sense for them to develop in China. I mean, just more shit will get done. I think it would benefit the American players too. Yeah. Have a have an office in in, in uh, America to, to localize the game, but like that's all you got to do. <laughs> I agree. All right, and with that, we should go to uh, some of the more interesting numbers uh, this week. It's from uh, world potential World of Warcraft uh, subscription numbers came out uh, through a API leak. So I'll tell you, why don't you talk about that for a second? Okay, so I read a bit into this, and it was it's being reported by an add-on uh, maker, right? And they're saying there, doesn't, there was some kind of update to the API that was quickly patched out later, uh, where he's saying it was possible to discern active subs. Uh, so, and then according to this number, uh, when they launched Battle for Azeroth, they were sitting at 3.2 million, and now they're down to 1.7. And remember, this is this is, this is, doesn't count China, by the way. So it's just Europe and America, you know, South America, all that stuff. But mostly Europe and America. Mm -hmm. uh, I, now here's the question: They they pulled the part of the API that released these numbers, right? So you can't. Yeah. There's no way to verify it. They haven't said anything, so we don't know if it's true. But the second tweet here makes me a little little skeptical. The little second tweet here is, which also means that over fifty percent of Warcraft players, player base is using weak auras. Weak auras, again, is the name of an add-on. So according to the same API where they got these subscription numbers, they're saying over 50% of these subs are using this one add-on. Now, I have no idea how true these numbers are, but I can tell you that I was not using this add-on, and no, nor mm -hmm. anyone I was playing with. 
So take that for what it's worth. I don't like so over fifty percent, which should imply at least somebody I know is using it. And we were not, you know, we were not casual. We were, you know, we were playing it twelve hours a day, and we we're doing the raids and stuff. So hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Also, they could be they could be looking at their active player base and active installs, and they could be they could have maybe a lot of users in China maybe using their API their their data as well. So the numbers could be overlapping that way too. So it may not it might be a fair comparison. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not exactly sure, but. I definitely think there's going to be a big drop-off in subs, but that's to be expected, right? Between yeah. last month and this month. Somebody linked the somebody linked the somebody linked the Asher Creation gameplay video and wants us to show the the video in full and show the amazing growth and progress shown by this team. Yeah, we ain't shilling for no Asher Creation, all right? When the game is out and it's playable and it's fun, then we'll shill for them, all right? Until then, I'm not going to I'm not going to hype them. We could do some gameplay. Pretty sure they, they, they took a takedown request on some of our uploaded videos. They're oh, assholes. Really? Okay. Yeah, fuck those guys. Chronicles of Relayer did that too. Oh, it was Chronicles of Relayer. No. I think it was Asher Creation as well. Oh, yeah? it might, might have been both of them. I don't know. Let me check my emails. No, I, I know Chronicles of Relayer are douchebags. Yeah, they're, the Chronicles of Relayer, We might be mistaken with Chronicles of Relayer with, with douchebags. I don't know. Uh, I'm rooting for Asher Creation. I think they, they showed off a lot of uh, gameplay this last week because they got rid of the NDA. But a lot of the gameplay we're seeing isn't really the MMORPG gameplay, right? It's their PvP gameplay, which is still kind of cool, but you know that's not the hard part of making an MMORPG. You know, having a PvP like arena-like game isn't the hard part. It's making this persistent living world and all the systems that integrate into that. Just showing off, you know, this this walled-off section of like PvP is 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 you know it, it isn't really enough to get me too excited just yet. You know, it's interesting how much uh, I've been seeing people complain about this. So. Mm. Ashes Creation will be published in Europe by my.com. Yeah. So only in Europe, not not globally. But mm -hmm. uh, I've seen a lot of uh, you know, hitback again. What do you call it? Lashback, kickback? What Lash you... Yeah, all right. Backlash. Backlash, that's the word. Backlash, that's the one. Yeah, so a lot of backlash to my.com. I didn't know my.com was so hated. Every every publisher gets so much hate, though. I mean, it's I know people that hate area games. They're like, oh, God, it's the next on game. It's, it's awful, right? They have a bad experience once, and they kind of like instantly assume... Like, everything's going to be terrible with them. So, I don't know. There's, there, there's a lot of backlash against a lot of publishers. Area, I kind of get. But Nexon, Nexon gets a pass for me, you know? Nexon gets a pass for me, too. I mean, despite everything they've done, I think Nexon is definitely one of the one of the better free-to-play publishers oh, yeah. out there. Yeah, I think so. And I do think it does give them a bit of a, you know... The, when they announced the My.com partnership, I, I actually put on Mmos.com that news, and I specifically said, like, this does legitimize the game a lot. You know, I, I was mega skeptical about the game, since the Kickstarter, but having my.com at least you know sign a publishing agreement does give them some legitimacy because they're a multi-billion-dollar company. That, I mean, they're owned by Mail.ru, which is like the biggest tech company in Russia. And they're huge companies signing off and endorsing this game or some kind of deal with that game. So it definitely raised their legitimacy. But I'm just I'm not gonna get too hype about a game until uh, you know, especially by an indie company until I can actually play it myself and play it in the full MMORPG setting, not just a PvP zone. Speaking of scams, what happened to Crowfall? Yeah, it's still chugging along. Uh... I don't, it's not out yet, but it's still... It's still... They, 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 they kept missing their deadlines. But like, yeah. so they're still chugging along. There you go. So we'll see what happens. I mean, Crowfall, you know, at least in ambition and skill, isn't like crazy, right? They're not trying to do some revolutionary stuff. So I, I think we'll get Crowfall eventually. I'm more optimistic on Crowfall, even though it's taking them forever to make it. Like Crowfall will come out, yes. Yeah, I, the I really game they're so. making isn't like stupid ambitious. In fact, it's like, it's like less ambitious than like any modern RPG. Honestly, Bless was more ambitious than Crowfall. Like, there's so many MMORPGs that are more ambitious than Crowfall. So what Crowfall is trying to do is somewhat focused. So I think it'll come out eventually. Yeah, I think so too. Did you hmm. see that uh, Mad World new trailer? New gameplay footage? Oh, yeah, show it off. I think that game looks really cool, actually. Yeah, this is pretty cool. So I like the beginning of this video where uh, you should... All right, this is what multi-platform looks like, boys. All right? Mm -hmm. Look at all these platforms, baby. So this is an HTML5 um, MMORPG. And I actually played like this really, really early alpha thing they had with one map. And you can just walk around. I don't know if you did that. Mm -hmm. it was, it was a, no, I didn't. It was months ago now. Um, but yeah, it, and it's another one of those games that we have been talking about, it seems like, for years uh, off and on. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I really want to see this one come through. I like the art. I like the fact that it's, you can play in your browser and it's free. So you can just drop this. You can drop a link and, and your friend can start playing. 
I, I, I like the fact that it's a browser game. And I, I do want to see browser games get more legit. You know, browser games have always kind of had this rep of being like this Chinese autoplay nonsense, right? And from from the looks of uh, Mad World, it's more of a traditional MRPG on the browser. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to be cross-platform play, which I think is awesome. You know, they're going to be on mobile, PC, and Linux, and maybe consoles as well. So I do want to see more MRPGs be cross-platform play like that. Because I really haven't seen a, like, I think RuneScape is old, old school RuneScape and RuneScape 3 are the only, like, browser games trying to launch on mobile and be cross-platform. It's really cool. Oh, I'm lagging. All right, there we go. Yeah, the, the stream's been a little bit laggy, unfortunately. Oh, no. What, what am I running that's making it lag? I don't know. Let me close the Nexon launcher. Maybe it's trolling me. Rip. I have a funny story. Uh, not really, not really MO related, but I do think it's 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 quite a meme. My friend linked it to me earlier, and I, I didn't believe it, but then I I had, I had to check this out. Oh, that's wrong. One. I linked it the wrong one. Where is where is this one? Here we go. This one. Uh, Telenia Twelve. We we talked about Azure Creation, and I said I was more optimistic about it, but I was actually really. Like they, in Alpha 1, they showed off, like I said, in Alpha, Alpha 1 for Astro Creation showed off a lot of uh, PvP gameplay, which is not really the MMORPG element. I mean, any schmuck can throw the guy some assets on Unreal, on, uh, Unreal Engine 4 and have a PvP arena with characters fighting each other. I wanted to see the MMORPG gameplay. I wanted to see the Persistent World gameplay. That's what I'm excited about. It's like it's like when Star Citizen shows off uh, their their dogfighting uh, with, with a module, right? That, that, that wasn't Star Citizen. That was just literally a dogfighting game. And they promised it was going to exist within Star Citizen. If I see that in the Persistent Universe, that's really cool. If I see it by itself, it's it's nothing but nonsense. It's nothing by itself. I want to see it exist in the Persistent Universe. Okay, so this link you sent me, I find it hilarious. Is this real? Uh, which one? Fallout yeah, the Fallout 76 so one? Yeah. Does not include fun. the game. Yeah, it's a $115 bundle without the game. I actually don't know how I feel about these collector editions. I am not a fan. I do not, I do not approve of this. I think games should be digital only. Uh, you you shouldn't focus so much on the packaging, right, as the actual point of the game, which is the game. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever bought a collector's edition for anything just yet. Though I am kicking myself, because if you own an original collector's edition for vanilla World of Warcraft, that goes like $800 on eBay. So I wish I bought it. That's true. A lot, a lot of those old collector's editions do go for a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So if you bought this, any, any, any collector's edition from back in the day, you know, you, you did quite well. So let me, okay, so do you, do you at least get a digital copy with this? No. So what, what are you buying? Just just, just use knickknacks? Yeah, you buy all the knickknacks. Usually the knickknacks come with the game, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's nonsense. Honestly, uh, I, I see more and more collector's editions doing this because I I guess there's a market for people. Like, I, I don't get why you would buy this. Unless you're trying to flip it for more, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't see the appeal of something like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's not doing it for me either. I don't know. Have you heard? There's another controversy. another SJW controversy around this game. Have I love heard? SJW controversy. Let's hear it. All right. So they're writing that. The, okay. So in this game, apparently, you can nuke. You can launch nukes, right, and destroy mm-hmm. like parts of the map for a while. People are arguing that that is like promoting violence in a way that's like bad, like. Nukes shouldn't be used like that, willy-nilly. Let me find mm-hmm. the article. Come on, nukes make things way cooler, all right? Come on. <laughs> StarCraft 1 had nukes from forever ago, too. Oh, you're, and I was thinking that when I was reading the article. Like, when did people start complaining about nukes? StarCraft had nukes. Uh, yeah. The other game we played, the RRTS, what's it called? Rise of Nations had nukes. They had nukes as well. Nukes are cool. People like blowing shit up. There was a really cool mod for, uh, I think, what was it? Crisis from forever ago showed up on Reddit. People added like a nuke mod to it. Where you can launch a nuke from a rocket launcher. It looked really cool. So, and the game is called Fallout. How the fuck did you not have nukes on it? Yeah, right? I don't know. I don't what? know. Are you kidding? The game is literally called Fallout. I don't get it. Okay, so look, I'm gonna put this article up. Again, it's Waypoint. It's such nonsense content. I don't even know why I'm doing this. This is fun though. Maybe do you think the writers of pieces like this know it's bullshit, but they know, they know people like to like rage about it? I don't know. It's like edgy content. I don't know. I, I, I like the people. I, I don't know who actually reads. Like, how many gamers actually read Waypoint? Because I feel like they're really trying to like write about nonsense that gamers don't actually care about. Like, people want to see gameplay and talk about the game. They don't want to talk about the 
the social implications of including nuclear weapons in a video game. No, like no gamer gives a shit about that. Like very few gamers actually care about that. So I, I, I don't understand who Waypoint's audience really is. So here's a line from this from this piece: When the detonation of a nuclear weapon is made into a game mechanic and declared pretty effing epic, I see this simply as a symptom of how insulated games are from the world at large. What? Wow, so deep, so deep. <laughs> like. You guys should read this, though. It's, I think he's getting paid by the word, and he just he just writing nonsense to get paid by these stu- the stupid vice money. I, I, I just don't get, like, like, I think a lot of people in the chat are saying, like, I, I never read articles like that. I, I don't either, because, like, if I'm interested in, like, politics or, like, you know, a social view on something, I'm looking at it from, like, a more credible source. I'm looking for it in the real world. I'm not looking for it in video games, right? The percent of people like that, there's no way, like, not even 1% of gamers, people that actually play video games, are reading this kind of content. So I just don't understand who their audience is. All right, I like this line too. The problem in the relationship between video games and nuclear weapons is video games. What? What? There is not a part of me that finds joy in the adoption of nuclear weapons as yet another thing that is horribly violent and played for laughs in the game. It is impossible for me to think about nuclear weapons without thinking about the shadows blasted into the stone at Hiroshima. This guy's a joy kill. Like, what? Guns kill people. Should we ban guns too from games? Yeah, right. Alright. I, 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 I banned the shill in Twitch chat. It's actually pretty funny. Oh, what was he saying now? I, I wasn't really right. It's a guy who was spamming Astro Creation video, right? He made two accounts to spam in our channel, and he says, "Please show this video in full, and let's praise how the how well this team has come together." Praise, like you at that point, like either you're completely delusional or you're a shill. Honestly, if you're a shill, you might get paid for it, but like you must be so delusional to link a you know a Kickstarter game and be like let's praise how far this team has gotten. All right, who gives a shit? I don't, I don't know. It, it, it's pretty funny. He made two accounts. He made two accounts to praise it on two to make it look like it was two different people, and both accounts are created within like five minutes of each other. I don't know. It, it was pretty cringe. Uh, well, look, the guy behind the game, he's obviously good at like brainwashing people. Remember, he didn't make his money. Yes, he, he, yes. The the guy who made Azure Creation made millions of dollars selling miracle juice to people through MLM scams. So yes, this, this guy clearly knows how to sell nonsense and get people delusional and to believe the nonsense. So, again. I am a little more optimistic that they ink that deal with Mail.ru, but I'm still not sold on the character of the guy who made uh, Astro Creation. But yeah. if the game comes out, God bless, I'll be I'll be happy for it, right? If it comes out as promised. You know what's funny? Most people don't like uh, My.com, right? They, they mm-hmm. view that as a negative. But it's actually a positive, because as scummy as a Russian game publisher is, right? And all the yeah. you know oligarch connections that implies, mm-hmm. that is like a step up in reputation from multi-level marketing of juices, right? Oh, so much, of so, course, way, so, yeah, way more legitimate. For those of you who are saying, "Oh, this my.com thing killed it for me," the my.com thing actually brought it to life for us because, yeah, exactly. As bad as it is, right, my.com, at least they're a real entity, right, that has mm-hmm. actual games published. Whereas this guy, his only past is as a known scammer, right? So yeah, MLM is so, a literal scam. So, so why I, would I you trust think, that yeah. over my.com? I don't understand that part. I don't know. It's weird too because like, I wanted to. I actually remember. Um, I remember a small. Reddit conversation I had with, with Mr. Sharif. I asked him like straight up, like, yeah, I, I get that you did all, all this MLM stuff like in the past, right? Like, like what do you think about it today? Because MLMs are obviously scams. He's like, he's like, no, this one's not a scam. So he doubled down on saying the MLM he participated in wasn't a scam. If you search Google for the name of his MLM, and you know, you'll find so many horror stories about it being a scam. So I don't know. It's I, I was kind of hoping he's you know what? I did this when I was young. It was kind of sketchy, but like I'm not doing that anymore. No, he never disavowed it either, which is which is weird. Yeah, so like I said, he can't. He can only gain by the affiliation with my.com, in my eyes. I, that's what made it more legitimate. That's what makes me hopeful for Astro Creation. The my.com par, uh, publishing agreement made me actually think, oh, yeah, this is legit. Like, we're, we're probably going to get a game. Like, I'm not crazy for what they showed yet, but I know we're going to get something now, probably, because they got more legitimacy as well. But I'm still holding out until, uh, you know, I play the game myself to reserve, reserve too much judgment. Or, I, don't be, I don't be critical on the game too much because it's not out yet, right? But this makes it more credible that it will actually release. Oh, you can definitely make money uh, doing yeah. MLM. It just depends where on the... If, if you go into it self-aware and you're like a good uh, salesman or like a good con yeah. man yourself, okay, you can do well. Uh, I definitely. definitely believe that, yeah. 
I mean, there, there's a reason why MLMs have been around forever. They're still around today. You can just punch a guy in the street, take his purse, and take his wallet, and, and you, know, you know, do fine. You know, not get caught. <laughs> so it, there are things you can do that are. I, I would argue punching somebody in the street and not you know, and just taking their wallet is actually more honorable than, than running than you know scanning people in MLMs because at least you know you take their wallet, you get a couple hundred bucks, right? If you run an MLM, people lose thousands of dollars. So you know, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's you're better off punching people and taking their wallets than participating in MLMs because the horror stories for stuff like Herbalife and stuff are insane. Well, we're not defaming anyone because he. MLMs are scams, and there are videos of him shilling his juice and, and explaining the little pyramid structure of his. So, I got no problem saying it. Wow, another cat created three seconds ago. Does this guy pay? Uh, don't ban him. I want to talk to this guy. We should bring him in. Uh, post I, just, I just mute him. Oh, okay. Fine. fine. Stick around maybe, if you're maybe, listening maybe. in the post game. We are. I'm happy to keep discussing this with you. All right. Awesome. We should, we should get to the post game. Maybe we can't talk. That would be pretty all right. fun. All right. Well. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. A little shorter than usual, but. There's not much news besides mobile nonsense, so we'll we'll spare you guys. We'll spare you guys the mobile stuff. All right. Right. Sure. All right. Well. Thanks for watching YouTube. Uh, you're gonna miss. YouTube. You're gonna miss some fancy uh, skim talk. So take care. Hell yeah.